What's up, everyone, and welcome into this edition of Nonstop BS, where we have a special episode here, and it is a mock draft episode. So, without further ado, I'm going to jump right into the mock draft. We have the NFL draft taking place here tonight, Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, Super exciting stuff. So, I have done my mock draft. You guys have probably listened to all of my draft content that I've done um, before the uh, this episode leading up to the draft. Um, and I'm super excited about this mock draft. So before I jump in, if you're not following the show on Twitter at nonstop BS pod, if you're not following me on Twitter at Lynchide, um, Cole, and if you're not following me on action, the action app, it's at Cole underscore Lynchide. You can follow all my bets there that I place on all different sports, not just the NFL. Okay. So this mock draft is going to be based on what I, my understanding is, and what I've been hearing from a lot of different sources, I listen and follow and um, I'm, I'm in the, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a freaking sports nerd, okay? I'm an NFL nerd to be exact, like the biggest NFL nerd you'll ever meet. That's why I love doing this podcast. That's why I love doing this show. I spend way too much time following and keeping up with what is going on around the league in the off season, regular season, whatnot. Um... I personally, of course, do not have any sources myself, but I listen to a lot of people who have a lot of sources. I listen to a lot of smart sports people who have a lot of sources. So I'm going to do a mock draft based on that, what I've been hearing, what I've been, what I, what seems to make sense. I'm going to kind of put my own common sense to what I think is going to happen because I think that's where a lot of um, sports commentators and sports media people Maybe it's not even that they do it on purpose, but I think that that's where they try to uh, be more entertaining by being, by being, I guess, less accurate and more um, tell you what you want to hear. Or just they get too excited. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of frustrating content out, I feel like, especially surrounding the draft. Um, to where it doesn't even make any sense what they're saying. And But, but you know, of course, they're going to be telling you um, that... that you don't know what you're talking about. It it doesn't matter if you it makes sense to you or not. This is what's happening. I I'm just I'm I think it's going to be refreshing for people to be able to listen to a mock draft, and it be based on not what I think, what what it sounds like is going on, and what sources have said is are, is going on. Players that sources have said um, these teams are interested in these players, but also be able to. Um, have it make some sense to us as well. So I, I feel like it's a good mixture of both. So here we go. We're just going to jump right in. First overall pick, and I did include trades here. So this is going to be pretty fun. First overall pick, it's Bryce Young to the pan- to the Panthers, you guys. Th- this this has been the guy all along for them. Um, ownership loves him. Uh, he's one of the most special players in the whole um, <laughs> one of the most special quarterbacks of college football over the last decade. Um, he's undersized, yes, but he is a great leader, a, a guy that the Panthers, um, <laughs> I think any team here is, is drooling over. I think he's the lockstep number one prospect in the draft. Um, number two overall is where it gets really interesting. I think the Texans, based on what, everything that I've heard, I think they're going to be sitting pat and they're going to take Will Levis. Um, you know, it makes a lot of sense as well. The Texans are a team that they, they need to draft a quarterback. They've been waiting a couple years now since the Deshaun Watson stuff has really quieted down. 
and I don't think they want any sort of massive risk. It sounds like these tests, these S2 tests that the quarterbacks take, um, where it, it kind of, um, it's a test that basically uh, tests how good they are at decision-making, you know, to be very general about it. Um, it sounds like the Texans are a team that is that, that means quite a bit to them, and they're not they're completely out on C.J. Stroud. Um, I, I think that Will Levis is going to be the pick here. I, I just think they have to go quarterback. I think it makes way too much sense. There's been some more steam that's been picking up on them drafting a quarterback, it sounds like, over the last day-ish. Um, so I, I, it just makes it makes way too much sense. They're not going to be sitting second overall every single year like they have been the last couple um, forever. So I, I think this is their time to get their guy and to take a chance here on Will Levis. Um, three overall, I have CJ Stroud going to the Titans. I, the Titans love CJ Stroud. I I think CJ Stroud personally, if you are asking me, I think that he is going to end up being the best quarterback in this draft. I find all these tests to be complete bogus. Um, you know, there's been rumors about them anyways and how accurate they actually were, what's been reported. So I, you know, I don't know how true any of that is. Um, but at the same time, I watched CJ Stroud play football for the last two years at Ohio state I understand he had some great players around him. I also know how, and I have watched for 15 years in depth, a lot of quarterbacks play quarterback. <laughs> CJ Stroud is a freaking really good quarterback, and he looks like a straight up NFL quarterback. Um, I think the Titans are going to be aggressive if he does not go to their division rivals, um, second overall to the, to the Texans. I think they're going to be aggressive, and the Cardinals want to trade down. Um, I think that they're going to make a trade happen here and jump the Colts, who I'm not even sure are interested in C.J. Stroud, but jump the Colts and jump anyone else who would be interested in C.J. Stroud and move up to three to draft him. Number four overall, I have the Colts drafting Will Anderson. Um, Will Anderson Jr., you know, he, from what it from what it sounds like, most teams have him as the number one edge rushing prospect in the draft. Um, I, you know, the Colts aren't able to get the quarterback, right? So they're going to take the best player they believe overall in the draft. That's simply where I think this is heading right here um, in this scenario. At number five overall, the Seahawks take Jalen Carter. There's been a ton of steam on the, the on Jalen Carter being drafted to the Seahawks. I think not only that, but it makes a ton of sense. When I went over the Seahawks, I talked about how nose tackle is a huge need for them. They brought in Draymond Jones in free agency, but um, next to him, to throw in Jalen Carter as an interior pass rusher, I mean, this defensive line, they're, they're really going to be going back to where um, they were early on in Pete Carroll's coaching tenure with the Seahawks, having a superstar studded uh, defensive line. So that makes a lot of sense. At six, it sounds like Devin Witherspoon is the favorite for the Lions. It sounds like cornerback is a position they want to address and they love Devin Witherspoon. Um, again, I'm not going to get too crazy here. Devin Witherspoon to the Lions, sixth overall. Seventh overall for the Raiders. They have got to continue rebuilding this offensive line. Paris Johnson has really taken over as the favorite uh, offensive lineman in this draft. Um, there's been some steam on the Raiders drafting a cornerback. I think they also want Devin Witherspoon, and I, I think that if the Lions end up taking him, offensive line is going to be the way they go. I mean, listen, um, you know, I mean, listen, Josh McDaniels is someone who, with the Patriots, always identified and were really good at coaching up offensive linemen and understood how important that was to your offense's success. So I think Paris Johnson, seven overall to the Raiders, makes a lot of sense. Eighth overall to the Falcons. 
so they don't get their number one edge rusher, um, but they are able to add a, a a really good edge rusher, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Um, I, I think an edge rusher is a big position that they could add more depth to um, and put him alongside Bud Dupree. Um, and if he falls to this point in the draft, you know, Tyree Wilson, somebody who has been talked about a lot as going second overall to the Texans, um, as, the, as high as that. So, you know, he's got a pending physical that people have been freaking out about here over the last few days, but I, I think that he's a fantastic prospect. And I, I think the Falcons in this position are able to add another edge rusher and make their defensive line even better, um, than, than they have with all the additions they brought in this off season. Ninth overall, the Bears take Peter Skowanski, uh, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. It's like I said, um, you know, the Bears need to protect Justin Fields. That should be priority number one heading into the draft. They have a lot of holes on defense, but if you're able to get your, which it sounds like Peter Skowanski is the Bears' number one tackle in this draft, if they're able to get them at number nine overall, I think they have to be pretty freaking happy with how that trade went with Carolina, that they're, they're able to move down and still identify and draft um, their favorite player at their most important position um, heading into the draft. At 10th overall, I have the Eagles drafting another Georgia defensive end, Nolan Smith. Um, he's been linked to the Eagles a lot. Sounds like they like him a lot, and they're he's somebody that they'd be happy to take at 10th overall. And in this scenario, he drops to them. So Eagles take Nolan Smith at 10th overall. The Cardinals traded down to 11 with the Texans in that trade that I mocked. Um, and they take Christian Gonzalez here. They fill a huge need as they um, traded away Byron or let Byron Murphy, I should say, walk in free agency. And Christian Gonzalez, somebody who's been mocked in the top ten, often near near fifth overall. Um, I, I think that if he falls to this point, the Cardinals would be super happy to uh, take him and restart at the cornerback um, position. Um, at twelfth overall, the Texans own this draft pick. And they draft Kalijah Cansey, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Um, you know, they, they with their first pick, they get their quarterback. With their second pick, they start rebuilding this defensive line. Um, Kalijah Cansey is somebody that a lot of people have said, you know, he's a Pittsburgh defensive tackle. And not only that, but he looks a lot like uh, Aaron Donald did coming out. Really, really intriguing prospect. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Texans to be building in both the trenches. And I think defensive line is something that's super important to D'Amico Ryan's at 13th overall, I talked about it in our best bets. The Packers take Jackson Smith and Jigba. They need to add wide receivers. And I am convinced at this point that the reason that they wanted to trade ahead of the Patriots is so that they can get their choice of wide receiver in this draft because no teams ahead of them are trying to draft a wide receiver. And they become at the 13th pick the team, the, the first wide receiver needy team on the board. So they get their pick. They get Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, and they, they, they do that at 13th overall at 14th overall. I had a little bit of fun with it. The Patriots don't get their number one wide receiver. So what do they do? The Patriot thing. They draft Cody Motch out of North Dakota state offensive tackle. I mean, listen, they have a needed offensive tackle, so it makes a lot of sense there. Um, but, but he's definitely not the, the player that most people have graded <laughs> this high. Well, that is the Patriot thing. So let's see if I can just have fun with this one and, uh, Maybe I'll, I'll strike gold and be able to get this one right. Um, that'd be pretty pretty freaking funny, honestly. He's Cody Mach is a really good player. Um, honestly, one of the highest-graded tackles, if you just look at his game-by-game play um, over last season in college football. But he also played in North Dakota State, so he played some lower-level talent. But he's a really, really good player, somebody that most people are expecting to go mid-second round. Um, Patriots take him really early. <laughs> okay, 
15th overall, uh, another team that needs a tackle, and the Patriots division rival, the New York Jets, who traded down with the Packers in that Aaron Rodgers trade, they get Darnell Wright, offensive tackle out of Tennessee. Um, really good tackle, and they get protection um, for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Makai Becton is just not somebody they can rely on, so I think adding a tackle is something that they're going to definitely be willing and wanting to do. 16th overall, Anthony Richardson still on the board. Yep, this is where he goes. Washington Commanders. We have not heard anything about the Commanders drafting a quarterback. They seem to be all in on Sam Howell. This is where I'm calling BS, okay? I, I, I don't I don't understand how you can go into the season with a fifth-round pick or fourth-round pick of last year. Fourth or fifth, I can't even remember. Fourth or fifth-round pick of last year um, who played one game for you and have him be your sole, you know, your sole plan at quarterback. I don't buy it. If Anthony Rich, especially if one of these four quarterbacks drops this far in the draft, I the the Commanders are going to take Anthony Richardson. He he's a he's a straight up wild card for them at that point. Um, and if they strike gold here, they have a roster uh, very similar to the Ravens when they drafted Lamar Jackson, who I think is a really good comparison. Not completely accurate, but a really good comparison to Richardson. Um, if they strike gold here with Richardson. This turns into one of the most exciting and fun teams and, you know, just simply really good teams if, if this happened um, in the NFL. So I think if Anthony Richardson does fall this far, the Commanders take him at 16th overall. 17th, the Steelers draft Deontay Banks, cornerback out of Maryland. Um, listen, Deontay Banks is a really, really good corner, um, and he, his, sta- his stock has kind of grown over the last couple weeks especially. Um, to this being about the position that a lot of people are expecting him to go. The Steelers need cornerback play. They need a lot of defense, but cornerback is something that they have a massive need at, uh, especially with losing some of their top-end corners, Cameron Sutton in free agency. Uh, Deontay Banks fills that hole and, 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 and creates a really good young building block for the Steelers. 18th overall, the Lions are back on the board. So the Lions at 6th overall drafted their cornerback. At 18th, they draft Miles Murphy, edge rusher out of Clemson. Um, they, they, they get their guy to go across from Aiden Hutchinson, um, and and adding a corner early on and then being able to add one of the the top five edge rushers in this draft, uh, you'd have to be pretty happy if you're the lions with this. Um, they needed to add a lot of defense. Their offense is very good talent wise. Um, I, I think that addressing two of the major positions on defense makes a ton of sense for the lions. 19th overall. Buccaneers, they need offensive linemen. We talked about it when we went over the NFC South. Broderick Jones is still here on the board. Georgia offensive tackle, that's who they take. Put him at right tackle across from Tristan Wirfs, and you have a very good tandem of young tackles. Okay, the Seahawks at 20th overall, as I'm running out of breath. (laughs) Um, The Seahawks have a lot of needs. I talked about interior offensive line. They addressed interior defensive line. I talked about interior offensive line and defensive line being huge needs for the Seahawks. John Michael Schmidt is somebody that I think a team is going to take a chance on early on. He is the best center in this draft out of University of Minnesota, um, and and he's somebody that I think a team, even though a lot of people have him graded as uh, about the 60th best player in the or not 60th, I'm sorry, 40th best player in the draft, um, so an early second-round pick, I think because he's the best center by a mile in this draft, I could see a team that really needs a center like the Seahawks uh, kind of reaching for him and, and, and drafting him earlier than a lot of people are anticipating. Uh, so John Michael Schmidt, 20th overall to the Seahawks. 
21st is the Chargers. Chargers need a cornerback. Emmanuel Forbes, Mississippi State. Um, Chargers draft a cornerback and um, add to their defense, uh, you know, a defense that a lot of people were expecting to be really, really good last year, and they struggled, especially in the secondary. They had another young piece to go opposite of Asante Samuel Jr., and uh, gives them a really good young cornerback tandem. Um, another run on cornerbacks here. At 22nd, we have the Baltimore Ravens, and they lost a ton of players in their secondary last year. Um, pretty much, yeah, pretty pretty much everyone is gone. <laughs> so they're going to draft Joey Porter, who's still on the board, out of Penn State, Joey Porter Jr. Um, I think he fits the Ravens' defense really well as like a uh, you know, a, a bigger body, strong, um, aggressive cornerback. Um, and, and, and I think, uh, this makes a lot of sense. It fills a huge need for the Ravens. 23rd overall, the Vikings take the second wide receiver in the draft and it is going to be Jordan Addison out of USC. Um, Jordan Addison, a smaller receiver, really, really fast, really, really quick. And, and I think he can be a deep threat, but he is looked at right now as pretty much exclusively being a slot receiver, which, is kind of unique with how he would be used with the Vikings. Justin Jefferson obviously plays a lot out of the slot. So this one I feel like is, I think he's the best wide receiver left in the draft. Um, And I think he fits the Vikings and what they want to do offensively the most. I think Jordan Addison is someone that they're going to try to get to be able to stretch the field. Um, And so, you know, I think adding another really talented offensive weapon is what the Vikings are trying to do early on in the draft. And, uh, or one of the possibilities of what they're trying to do in early on in the draft. And with only one wide receiver off the board, I think they just can't help themselves but not take Jordan Addison, 23rd overall. 24th overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They need help on the defensive line. They get Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher out of Iowa, um, a guy that I think has a chance of going even higher than this possibly. Um, but the he slips to the Jaguars here, and they're able to match him up with Trayvon Walker and give themselves a pretty freaking good duo um, on the outside of their defensive line. 25th overall, Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson, my favorite um, late first-round selection that I feel the most confident about. TCU wide receiver Quentin Johnson being taken by the New York Giants. Uh, this just makes so much sense. <laughs> they have a lot of good, not great receivers on this team, and they are pretty much all under six foot. Well, Quentin Johnson is six foot four. <laughs> They, they need a big-bodied receiver, and Quentin Johnson's a really special playmaker. Um, I think he fits the Giants and one of their biggest needs um, really, really well. And, yeah, it just makes a ton of sense. 26th overall, the Cowboys are on the clock, and they will select the first tight end off the board. Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, um, a playmaking tight end rece- receiving threat. Um, and Dalton fills the shoes of Dalton. Dalton Kincaid fills the shoes of Dalton Schultz. I, I think this, if they're able to get the first tight end off the board here, if they're able to get Dalton Kincaid, I see this making a lot of sense um, for what the Cowboys are trying to do. Still a really good offensive team, really good offensive line. Um, and if you're not able to add a receiver, one of these first three receivers in the draft, um, adding a tight end and filling those shoes of Dalton Schultz makes a lot of sense with the best tight end in the draft. Um, somebody with a really high ceiling, honestly, as a receiver as well in Kincaid. At 27th overall, the Bills on the clock, and they need interior offensive line, and they draft Osiris Torrance, the first guard taken in the draft. Um, I think the Bills would be super happy if he's still sitting around. Huge need for them, as I said. Um, Osiris Torrance Torrance goes to the Buffalo Bills. 
28th overall. This is going to be one that opens eyes again. Um, Bengals on the clock, and it's Bijan Robinson. He's finally taken. Um, I think that if the Bengals, even if th- this might be a situation even where the Bengals trade up earlier, if other teams are trying to trade up for him, like the Eagles, um, or even maybe the Chiefs uh, this late in the draft. But I, I think that if, if Bijan falls to the early to mid-20s, um, or even if he does fall to this point in the draft, the Bengals will snag him. Add an elite running back, elite playmaker to go with these receivers that they have and with Joe Burrow on offense. Um, just load up on offensive weapons. And I think Joe Mixon is already on the verge of getting cut if, if he can't get traded. So this would kind of lock and load that be, that happening. Um, I could definitely see Bijan here late in the first round being taken by the Bengals. And then 29th overall, the Saints on the clock, and they take tackle Anton Harrison. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who I think can play interior offensive line. Um, they can play on the outside. They don't really need a tackle at this point, but I think because of his versatility, um, I think he makes a lot of sense for them here. And drafting an offensive lineman is definitely something that um, the Saints realistically need to address. Uh, 30th overall, the the Eagles back on the clock, and they take the first safety in the draft. Brian Branch out of Alabama, really, really good player. Um, and this is another situation where the Eagles just let somebody slide, and sitting this late in the first round, if they're able to get the best safety on the board because he's a safety, and it's not a position that a lot of teams are trying to address early on, uh, it makes a lot of sense for the Eagles, a team that doesn't need to address any certain position um, that they are able to get a guy like Brian Branch. And safety is kind of a need for them as well, as they lack a lot of experience there. And then 31st overall, as there are only 31 picks in the first round this year, Zay Flowers, wide receiver, taken by the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, this is one that I, I, I definitely could see Zay Flowers going before this. Um, but just in this in this draft, it's kind of how it worked out. And I think the Chiefs would be straight-up mouth-watering if they were able to get Zay Flowers um, somebody whose stock has risen a ton and, you know, at a, at a huge weapon, like at a big time playmaking weapon like this to go along with Kadarius Tony and, uh, the other receivers that they have here. Um, you know, I, I, I think that this would be a huge win for the Kansas city chiefs. Just what they need. Another win. <laughs> All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that mock draft. Hopefully I get quite a few of these right here heading into tonight's draft, um, here on Thursday, April 27th. The 2023 NFL Draft here on Nonstop BS. Um, like I said, hopefully you guys enjoyed this a lot. Keep listening to the show. We're going to have a lot more off-season content. I'm going to take a tiny bit of a break, though, this weekend, and I will get back to you guys on most likely on Monday. Um, could, could be earlier. I may do it on Sunday, but most likely I'm going to get back to you guys on Monday night or Tuesday morning um, with a draft recap episode where we'll be recapping everything in the draft. Otherwise, engage with me on Twitter, um, and, and let's have a good weekend watching the draft and enjoying um, you know, one of the best off-season events in all of sports. All right, thank you guys again for listening to Nonstop BS. We will see you guys next time. Enjoy the draft.
we personally felt like we had a really successful episode and you know we're not really about the saris like any of the catch-ups like where i was what i was doing you know what we did it we moved on and 